everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 102, If You Build It, part 4, recorded June 4th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. Uh, one more time, we're going to the well of the If You Build It series, suggested by a listener who I think his name was David, if I remember correctly. And I, I think this will probably be the last in the series, because frankly, we're running out of stuff to talk about. But uh, with me, as always, this week to do that is Mr. Sean Kybel. Welcome, Sean. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me back on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I thought about it, frankly. <laughs> What's that? I, I thought about it, frankly. I gave it I gave it sincere thought, and I thought, ah, all right, I'll let him back one more time. Hope he doesn't screw it up. Yeah. Well, you know, if I didn't ruin the first 101, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great to be here. Great to see uh, all, a lot of the uh, regulars uh, in the chat room with us. Uh, that's always fun. They uh, they do all of our audio checks for us and, and keep us, uh, you know, on the level, I guess. Yeah, I think my level is 45 degrees off center, but uh, I'll take what I can get. Uh, yeah. So uh, this this week, uh, as we have so many times in the past when we've uh, been short a guest or short on time, we've gone to the, well, there's always that If You Build It series. And if you notice, we've had, we had one, and then we spaced it out, and then we had another one, and it spaced it out, and then bang, bang. <laughs> because we couldn't come up with anything else. And I, I think we're kind of running out of this one. I think this is going to be the last one. I'm not officially going to declare it the final one because we may find a way to milk it a little farther. But uh, part four tonight, we're going to, talk, going to talk about policies and procedures. We uh, we began talking about uh, you know establishing yourself. Then we talked about uh, setting up your infrastructure. And then we talked about uh, moving out to the desktop. And so this time we're going to talk about uh, policies and procedures for once you've got things set up. But before we do that, uh, we have a couple of uh, warm-up items that we call it. In other words, fluff to fill the show. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Sean would like to tell you that uh, uh, he is uh, enjoying his, his summer break, apparently. Yeah, well, uh, today is the first day of summer for us, at least, uh, you know, districts get out at different times, you know, usually within a week or two of each other. But uh, both Mark's district and my district uh, wrapped everything up last week. So today was uh, our first day of our work day of summer. Uh, yes, it's very important me, to make that distinction. It's the first day of summer, not the first day of summer vacation. Right, right. Not for us. Uh, yeah, I get that all the time. You know, my family still, you know, I've been doing this now for this is my fifth year. And uh, my family still asks me, do you, do you work during the summer? Yeah. <laughs> what do y'all do up there all summer long? Right, right. So, uh, yeah, and it, it started off uh, pretty, pretty much uh, in a miserable fashion. Uh, I guess the, the very beginning of the day was great because uh, during the summer at this district I'm at now, as with uh, the old days when I worked with Mark, we get to wear shorts. Yay. So that's kind of nice. And yeah. you get to show up like a half an hour later, which is nice. Um, actually, we're working a different schedule, so I'm actually showing up a half hour earlier, believe it or not, and uh, working later. Uh, but we're uh, we're doing four nine-hour days, and then we're wrapping up Friday with a half day. So uh, that's kind of nice. Yes, I, I that, got that's to... That's usually... Oh, go ahead. Ordinarily, 
I'm required to be there at seven, uh, excuse me, at seven thirty. So typically I get there between six thirty and seven. So today I was required to be there at eight. So I got there at seven. So I, I slept <laughs> right. in a half an hour. <laughs> and Mark, as you know, I, I don't do that at all. No. <laughs> so I had to be there at seven thirty, and I got there at seven twenty-seven. Uh, <laughs> and that's but, a huge uh, improvement for you, frankly. Yes. Yes. I've been doing a lot better. And you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, I have two little ones to take care of, uh, on my own and, uh, that, that presents some extra challenges and somehow I, I seem to be doing better with that. So, uh, I, I don't know exactly how that works out, but, uh, uh, yeah. So, but, but it was, almost immediately turned into just a miserable day because uh today we we topped the century mark uh it was it was plenty warm here and uh we were in now unconditioned unair conditioned buildings uh moving a bunch of computers around so uh i'm sure i lost like 5 pounds today <laughs> cuz you got to save on that electricity and you got to turn it off yeah that's uh Back in the old days, when I was in this old school that was built in like 1939, first thing I would do before I would do anything is got run down the hall, turning all the air conditioners on. Then I'd go back and do right. what I needed to do. And the first few rooms, it was pointless. But by the time, you know, halfway through the day, when I got to the end of the rooms, uh, end of the hall, they were nice and cool. So I really, I could have just started like halfway down the hall and saved the energy. But uh <laughs> yeah, that's always the first step. Turn on air first before you die. But you probably have everything centrally controlled where you can't even do that, right? Right, right. Yeah, we basically uh, maintenance. So, uh, you know, there where you're at, Mark, I know you control that system. Die but uh, it, Yes. And in, in my current district, uh, maintenance controls that. So uh, if we know we're going to be doing a big job ahead of time, we can like request to have maintenance turn it on. But um, most of our days are going to be spent, uh, yeah, kind of slaving in the heat. And why, you ask, is the technology guy in charge of air conditioning? Why? Because electrons run through it, of course. Maintenance would be the perfect place to have that. But no, no, that's not how it works at my school. Right, right. Yep, yep. Every time a microwave or a toaster goes down, uh, you get a call. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, but you know, it's, it's kicking off like summer kicks off for us and, uh, that's just how it is. It's our busy season, right? Right. So last week in our, uh, Memorial day episode, uh, we came to you with uh, a more personal approach and, and uh, talked about some of the things going on, uh, in our, our lives and our careers. And one of the things I mentioned was that I have a, a new job. And uh, that I, I told you I was going to be going to a larger school district. Well, in the week that since we've done this show, all of that has changed entirely. So take everything I told you last week and forget it because it's all not true anymore. Um, just uh, like the next day after we did, we record on Monday nights. The next day on, on Tuesday after we recorded the show, I got a call from uh, the, the, uh, those of you who listen to uh, uh, the uh, One Meal One Workout podcast or the Everyday Linux podcast or or uh, Periodic Table. Man, he gets around. Uh, my yeah, friend Aaron Butler, uh, whom I've known for a long time, uh, works at a hospital system, and essentially he applied for a job without telling me. I mean, that's kind of the way it went. It was a very uh, quick thing. He sent them my resume and, and recommendation. So uh, Tuesday, they called me for an impromptu sort of job interview. I did an interview on the phone 
uh, Tuesday with them. Wednesday night at like 9.30 local my time, uh, I had a Skype interview during which they offered me the position. Uh, and the next day, Thursday, they faxed me the paperwork or email faxed. How old am I? I'm 174 <laughs> years old because I said faxed. They emailed me the paperwork, which I then signed and sent back. So in the in the day this show was airing last week, everything that we said in it had just officially been nullified. So instead of going to uh, the Louisville ISD in the in the Dallas uh, Metroplex area, I am going to uh, to the Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, area to work for uh, a uh, Piedmont Healthcare Systems as an application, uh, what, what application something or other consultant or coordinator, application coordinator. Uh, basically, I'll be helping uh, build out a new system that they're working on there and training people on it. So I am uh, not only leaving the school I've been with for the next uh, for the last fifteen years. I am leaving the the only state i've ever lived in and leaving the only realm of occupation i've ever had i'm leaving education uh and and going into the healthcare profession so major changes uh happening very quickly and um june 18th uh, a scant uh, 14 days from today is when i will have to report at my new position uh so 2 weeks from today uh, i will be in uh atlanta georgia uh, the 15th, only a couple of days before that is my last day where I work now. So I will come home. I will kiss my children. I will pack my bags and I will spend the weekend, <laughs> Father's Day weekend, driving to Atlanta where I will show up, um, on my friend Aaron's house and say, you know, here I am, uh, with a backpack and, and a sleeping bag. Uh, and then I will report for work. And at some point in there, I've got to find a house. I've got to arrange to move my family. Uh, and so there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on there while I'm, you know, training in this entirely new field of, of occupation I've never done with a new company. So I say all that to say that something is going to have to give. And as much as I love doing this show, this is the thing that's going to give. Not this show, but but all the shows. I do six shows a week. There's no way I can do all of that and continue to do six shows a week. Uh, Sean also, as he will mention in just a moment, is going through some uh, uh, changes in his career and in his life. Uh, so the, to put it simply, this is probably the last time you're going to hear from us this summer. Uh, we'll, right. we'll try to get back together and we'll try to do some, but realistically, it's probably not going to happen. Look for us again at the end of August. Uh, and, and we'll come back. We, we do intend to come back. We love doing the show. We love podcasting. We're both still committed to that. We're not going away. Uh, we're just going to have to take a break, uh, for a while while I move my entire existence to another state and retrain and go through all of that. And while Sean uh, goes through some uh, career changes of his own. So we will be back uh, and we will be, hopefully we will have lots of good show notes and uh, lots of topics and, and had, and in the downtime, maybe been able to line up some guests and we may surprise you here and there with a, with an episode, uh, you know, that we pop in from time to time and, and manage to produce. But, uh, realistically, this is probably it for a little while. Uh, yeah, we're not going, uh, we're certainly not going anywhere. Uh, we're just uh, going on hiatus, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, and I guess it's a good time for me to jump in. I think we touched on this last week, but I'm taking Mark's position. Uh, so I 
I, I moved a lot quicker. I already got a house lined up. <laughs> so that part is good. Uh, I just have to, uh, I'm going to have to make that uh, two hour each direction commute for a couple of weeks. And then, um, uh, then I'll move into the new house and start getting settled in. But I'm going to be uh, way in over my head in the beginning. Uh, to be sure. So while Mark's going through all of that, uh, I'm going to be going back and listening to all the "If You Build It" <laughs> series. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm very blessed to be stepping in there because one, I'm somewhat familiar with the systems and the way that uh, Mark runs things out there. Uh, I'm certainly more so than uh, anybody else on the face of the planet. Um, so, and it, you know, Mark, it's kind of funny because we touched on that in, uh, it might've been one of these episodes. I can't, I, I can't recall, but you know, talking about the homegrown system, right, the, right. The, the pros and cons. Uh, so for, uh, for your district that, that worked out as somewhat of a con as in, you know, they're really hard pressed to find somebody to, to fit into that position. Uh, what that afforded me was some great bargaining power. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it worked out well. I loved working out there before. I love the people. I love the town. And uh, I'm excited to be going back there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, it, it's kind of funny. We have all of this, both of us, uh, going on at the same time. And, uh, you know, if we even tried during this time, it would just be it would be horrible. You wouldn't want to hear it anyway. So, uh, so yeah. So, we'll take a little bit of a break and we'll come back just as soon as we can. Uh, make sure that you, uh, you know, keep us in your, your pod catcher or whatever device that's uh, watching the stream. The stream won't change and uh, we'll just magically appear there again. And we do have uh, an episode that we recorded actually uh, pretty close to this time last year. Uh, that that we were that's sort of our extra episode that we were going to throw out there if anybody got sick or whatever. Uh, I may throw that into the feed afterwards, or I may we may just continue to save that for a rainy day, and, right. and we'll see. Uh, but if that happens, uh, it'll be an interesting uh, shift back in time. We'll be going back uh, an entire year uh in in our uh in our lives and our in our production and in the way we do things so i think that'll be an interesting little time capsule that i may just drop out there um you know maybe not next week or the week after but just kind of as a, a, a an appetizer to remind you of why you why you keep us around yeah we could probably tack on a little something you know hey don't forget about us <laughs> <laughs> We are uh, but, you know, I did want to mention one thing, Mark, is uh, with you moving down there to Atlanta, I'm sure they must have better Internet down there. Yeah, well, see, the people who are, are just listening in their uh, podcatchers don't know what you're talking about because I always do manage to do a pretty good job of editing that out. But uh, uh, I've been having trouble with my uh, Internet provider for months now. And we rarely get through a show without just completely dropping out altogether. Uh, and, and then I have to go back and piece it all together. And, uh, it's been a longstanding feud. I've been arguing with, uh, with my provider, which is Time Warner Cable, and they're refusing, uh, to claim any responsibility for it. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've, I have proof, documentation, hard evidence that it is, in fact, uh, a problem outside the walls of my house. Uh, but you know how it is. The, the rule is uh, blame first and uh, and investigate second. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long-standing uh, feud that hopefully, well, no hopefully to it, will be resolved when I just simply walk away. <laughs> and good riddance, right? Right. 
Yeah, so we're joking in the chat room that we think now that they are actually listening to our shows because every time we make fun of the bandwidth problems, it, it drops. <laughs> yeah, what you don't know is through that entire monologue I just did was a connection drop. I just talked right through it and, and kept talking until Sean came back. So I won't have to edit that one, but that's just a little inside baseball there that sometimes when I go in these long monologues, it's not because Sean isn't paying attention. It's because he literally cannot hear what I'm saying. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So if I step in and it's like, uh, that made no sense, Sean, because I didn't hear what was said before. <laughs> At least half the time. <laughs> I don't know. Quarter, maybe. Right, right. So on to the topic at hand, uh, policies and procedures of how to build a tightwad environment. Uh, and these are, uh, this is probably a year or maybe two out uh, in this whole grand scheme of things. So we've run through it all in, in just a few weeks. But, uh, you know, the, the, the steps I laid out uh, in the first episode could take a while. And then, you know, each thing goes uh, from on, uh, from, uh, uh, from there, sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. That's what happens when I read what Jim writes in the chat room. Uh, but it goes on from there. So I'm thinking this is probably, uh, if you really walked into a mess or walked into nothing, uh, like the original poster, uh, asked, then, then it's going to take you a while to get to this point, but it's also things that you should be writing in as you go. Uh, and so, you know, as I have said, hundreds of times on this show um, in a hundred episodes, I'm sure I've said it at least once per show uh, is you have to have um, an imaging policy in place. Uh, I am a big fan. Anytime you're driving a fleet of computers, you have to be able to, to know when and how you're going to image those things, what tool you're going to use and, and so forth. And so as we've talked about before, I think that you should have a written 20 minute rule policy and make sure everybody is aware of it. Yeah, and 20 minutes even. I mean, nowadays, uh, imaging is getting more and more commonplace. Uh, I think network storage is becoming more commonplace. And uh, and that probably works in here to policies and procedures a little bit further down. But uh, as you work that in you and you kind of train your end users, uh, 20 minutes is even a stretch. You know, I, I'll look at something and literally at this point, if I look at it and can determine that it's going to take me more than 10 or 15 minutes, I may even image it uh, because I've got a whole laundry list of other ones, to, you know, problems to get to. Uh, so, you know, it takes me, uh, you know, less than a minute to fire up a new image going. So, uh, you know, just in the interest of efficiency, uh, you need to be able to pull that trigger pretty quickly. Right. And, and just today, you know, you mentioned the fact that this is the first day of, of summer break. We had a a teacher who's been with us. This last year was her first year, so I can I can uh, give her uh, some slack for not having heard me uh, preach this a thousand times. But she came to me. She said, I, "I'm moving from one campus to another, um, and uh, I need to get my stuff over there. Can you copy all my stuff off for me?" Uh, I said, "No, I don't do that." And and she said, "Well, how how can I do it?" I said, "Well, you have your network storage. You need to copy everything up to there." And she said, well, can I do it with a pen drive? Well, yes, you can. You can do it with, with a flash drive if you want. You can copy everything over there and, and move it over. But I really recommend that you move it up to your network drive. And so uh, I explained to her, I went through, I showed her how to do it. And she said, so, okay, so I move everything up to here. And then I can copy it down to my, my computer over here. 
And I said, well, yes, you can, but it is my recommendation that you don't, that you load things up to the server and just keep working with it from there. Never put it on your own machine. Just work with it uh, in the network folder. And she was like, I don't know, maybe I'll get my son to help me with that. Yeah, that's that's one of the things. And I, I think... I like to think that I excel in this uh, in this arena in just you know kind of drawing some parallels that they can understand you know so uh, explaining that well you know you might have a can of soup in this cupboard but you have a can of soup in this cupboard over here too and they're the same thing so you can use this can of soup you know I just whatever you know you come up with something and especially living out in the country uh, it works even better because that seems to be how people out there think anyways right there's always some comparison to be drawn right you know uh, a cow wouldn't eat on the shady side of the fence or <laughs> but this this woman just would not understand that uh, that she shouldn't have the files locally. And I kept trying to make her understand that, that you shouldn't have it on your computer. And she said, right, I get that. So how do I copy it to my computer? Uh, well, you, you shouldn't copy it to computer. You need to work with it off of this, this drive on the network. Okay, but how do I get it from there onto my computer? Yeah, and that's not understanding like where it's housed and, where, and being able to use it, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that can be so frustrating sometimes. But those are also the great ones that when you do end up, you know, either their computer just dies, you know, they like their hard drive just gives out or or what for whatever reason you need to reimage them. Uh that's that's the great time, you know, whether right. they understand it or not, that's when you can really drive it home and see this is why I told you. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so the the next thing I said was, okay, well, understand that you can copy it over from that computer to the computer you're on right now, but this is the first day after school. Both of those computers are going to be erased at some point this summer. And she had been around long enough to know that. I said, so it doesn't right. matter where you put it. If you put it on either of those computers, it's going to be erased. And so that brings me to my next point. You got to have a summer schedule for imaging. You got to uh, at least maybe twice a year, but definitely at least once a year and make that known. Have it in writing and, and tell people about it well in advance and remind them as the school year draws to, to a close. And then maybe even send them a couple of more emails after and, and, and let them know. That this is going to happen, and it is going to happen. Uh, and if if possible, give them a, a, a schedule. I, I know often that is not something you can do. It just it's whenever you get to it. But I generally say something like with sometime within the month of July. And uh, so if you get here and it hasn't been erased yet, don't think you got away from it. It's going to be erased. And well, and Mark, I do like. Uh, I know the last summer that I was there with you, uh, I liked one thing that you did which was even though you didn't know specifically, you still gave them a drop dead date. So you said, you know, by, uh, you need to have everything gone by July 12th. And whether that date was true or not, um, it gave them a date that you could at least feel comfortable knowing that if we image after that date, they have no room to complain. Exactly. And then aside from oh, all yeah. of that is the is the it's a phrase Sean used just uh, the last time we talked about this is any time for any reason they need to understand that you can reimage your machines anytime for any reason and that that needs to be in writing and an understood policy uh, and and because that's the only way to uh, to make sure that you can officially work and I'm assuming that the situation here is that you're going to be handling more computers than you can actually handle. 
right? That's that's the way a tightwad tight tight tech department works. Uh, so the only way you can manage that efficiently is to have those kind of policies in place. Uh, your Your data is never safe if it's on your local machine. Accept that. It could go away for any reason. It, it could be as has happened before. Oops, I meant to image middle school room six and I did high school room six. Sorry about right. that. Uh, they need to understand that anytime that sort of thing can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And we've done that. Uh, we've had that happen in the past where, uh, especially with fog and the wonderful tool that it, it is, it almost makes it too easy sometimes. So yeah, you click on the wrong group and hit image and uh, then you realize, oops, I just fired off the wrong classroom. Yeah. It, uh, sometimes it's even, it's kind of comical when you do it and uh, they're in the middle of a class period. <laughs> <laughs> you start getting the calls. Uh, all of my computers just rebooted. <laughs> well, that reminds me of a great story that Sean every day was shutting down another teacher's class every day yes. for like four weeks. And she was calling me. I think I may have told it on the air before. She was calling me and I was looking for it. I was looking for some, you know, little punk who had done, had set something up on the network. I had all sorts of scans running. I was watching them and I, I just couldn't figure it out. It was the logs were all showing an, an administrator request for shutdown. and I couldn't figure it out. And then uh, Sean just casually said, you know, every day when I try to restart my computers remotely, it doesn't work. And I have to go in there and do it by hand. And the two pieces locked together in my brain. And I went, oh. And, and it was that sort of thing. It was He was doing <laughs> high school room five instead of middle school room five every day for like three weeks. Right. Yeah, yeah, because that was a that was a long term project where I was working on a specific lab that we were having problems with, and so every time I needed to you know mass reboot them or something, I I was hitting it. But those two groups were almost I think there was like a couple of letters difference in the names, and they were right over one each one another. So uh, yeah, so I, it was just it was too easy to do if you weren't you know if you just weren't paying attention enough. If you're you know you're juggling five things at once, and uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, for, for for us now, not so much at the right. time. I wanted right. to strangle you at the time, <laughs> and I'm sure the teacher did too. Well, well, I thought it was funny. Okay. <laughs> uh, next up on my list, I have establish a workflow, and this is uh, all about not only efficiency but keeping you sane. You have to have. A written workflow as much as possible, uh, starting with uh, support requests. You need to have some sort of ticket uh, system in place. You know, we've talked about uh, SpiceWorks and uh, the tool that we use is called One or Zero, and there, there are others out there. Uh, they all suck. Honestly, there's not a good one. They all have a problem or uh, here and there. They all have good points and bad points. Uh, pick one. Don't hang out for the looking for the best one. Just make a decision. Pick one. Implement it. Train your people on it. And tell them nothing happens without a ticket. And stick right. to that. Make that a written policy that, again, every time I talk about this sort of stuff, I'm assuming, I'm presuming that you have your entire uh, tech, uh, all the, the interested parties sign off on it. Your tech team, your superintendent, your, you know, wh wh whatever. Make sure you get uh, gr uh, ground approval here. This isn't you being a dictator. But that's the way to make things happen. And, and that's what I tell people all the time. Somebody stops me in the hall and says, you know, my computer is X. And I'll say, funny, I didn't see a ticket on that. And they'll say, well, I was meaning to do that. And I, and I well, I've been meaning to fix that right after you submit a ticket. Uh, and, right. you know, that's you can be nicer about it. Uh, but you, you just need to make sure they understand that tickets get done. 
and and don't assign and don't allow a principal or uh, or some other person to assign a person. All right, this is the person at this campus that does all the tickets. That system does not work. And from an administrative mindset, it seems to make sense. All right, we'll take this library aide here, and we'll just say she's in charge of all the tickets. So if you have a problem, you go to her, and she'll submit the ticket. But what happens is teacher A comes to library aide B uh, with maybe a detailed explanation or maybe not. And what library aide B puts in the system is room 64 don't work. Right. And there's nothing you can do with that. So then you have to go back and ask library aide B, well, what doesn't work about it? And the response is, I don't know. Let me find out. So then they go back to teacher A and ask the question, which then gets lost in translation. Make people responsible for their own tickets. If you have a problem, you fill out the ticket in your uh, account, in your own words. And what they'll often say is, well, if my computer's down, I can't fill out a ticket. Walk across the hall. There are, right. t- there are computers all around you. Pick one, log in, and fill out the ticket. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, you have to view those also as training opportunities. So when those things come up, because oftentimes that's what it is, right? Uh, maybe uh, what you often find is the end user, uh, you know, if you got things working right, the end user may only have to open a ticket like once or twice a year. Right. Uh, in some instances. And they forget so, how. Yeah, they forget where it is. How do they even, you know, where do they go to submit a ticket? Then when they get there, it's, you know, they, if you have any sort of login system for it, they more than likely forgot the credentials and they don't have it anywhere. Um, or even if they, if, if they have accessed it, they're not sure how to even fill it out. So I like to take those opportunities to, to sit down with those people and say, okay, well, let's, let's do this. You know, one, don't let them off the hook easy. Okay. Well, let's take a look here. Go here open it up here, log in, you know, and, and you walk them back through the process. And there's two purposes there. One, you're, you're refamiliarizing them with the system, which apparently they need. And two, you're letting them know that you're not letting them off the hook. Right. That they're going to have to do that. So uh, I think it's really important to, uh, you know, we, we're talking about policies and procedures. Well, policies and procedures are only as good as you, you know, your backup on them. It's like being a parent with kids, you know, and having follow through. You can lay down as many rules as you want. If you don't have follow through, they're not effective. Right. And while we're talking about effective, you got, you have to have some assessment of how effective your staff is being and how effective your tech, uh, you know, your ticket system or whatever is. So you need to implement some some sort of measure, whatever that is, and and give staff a say. Let them you know, voice their opinion. What is your overall impression of it? But don't trust that. Trust the numbers. Uh, how many how many tickets has each staff member closed in a given amount of time? What was the lead time between the average lead time on tickets? What was the average time between uh, first opening the ticket and resolving the ticket? Any reasonable system will give you that sort of data. And so if you just trust people to say, well, what do you think? Is it working? You always get uh, one of two responses. And either, yes, it always works, it's wonderful, or no, it never works, it's terrible. And that just b- depends on the the last experience they had. 
If the last experience they had was positive, they'll give you a positive review. If the last experience they had was negative, they'll give you a negative review. So trust the numbers on it. But again, have some sort of metrics in place. That's as much uh, as important as anything else is, that you keep your own staff and yourself, if you're a one-man shop, keep yourself accountable. Look at those numbers and see how effective you're being and, and see how you can maybe streamline the process to make yourself more effective. Well, and this is a good time for me to jump in, and uh, I've already been kicking around this idea. Um, I'm certainly going to greet my users with this uh, fairly early on when they when they come back from their summer break. Is uh, again getting back at establishing those metrics is uh, coming up with a uh, oh help me out, Mark a a survey, I guess. Uh, you know, you're stepping in there for the first time. Uh, come up with some sort of decent survey. Uh, there's tons of people out there that would love to give you input as into what should go into those surveys. Uh, I'm sure you can probably get several examples of them. Um, and you know, you're not really looking to like maybe rank your predecessor or anything like that, but it establishes a baseline for you so that you can say, uh, this is where everybody thought things were when I first stepped in. And then maybe a year later, uh, you'll have something to compare to, you know, are they more or less happy in this area uh, or, you know, area A, B or C. Um, and it's going to help you, uh, you know, kind of keep tabs on all that, you know, uh, that first year, that first pivotal year that you're in there, uh, you need to be able to look back and say, you know, did I, did I make an impact? You might know that you made an impact. You may have upgraded all the servers and switches and everything else. Uh, but, you know, are your end users, uh, you know, seeing, any improvement from all of that. And that goes back to one of the things I said early on, and, and that is find a big win early. Uh, and a good way to do that is find out what the people think the biggest deficit is and try to resolve that. That get, that makes you a hero early on. So, yeah. And, you know, and also don't forget the rule that for six months, everything is the fault of the person you're replacing. So, Sean, you know, the day you walk in the door, uh, you know, in uh, August or July, whatever it is, for six months, everything's my fault. So ride that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I plan on it, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. Just like I did when you left last year. <laughs> Right, right. Well, Sean's gone now, you know. That was something uh, I told him to work on before he left. I, I'm sorry. I honestly thought it had been done. I will get right on that. <laughs> yeah, and, I, you know, I'm already kicking around, uh, you know, uh, what what can be my big, my big win uh, just coming in there. So I have a little bit of time because I've got the summer to work with before the users come back. But I certainly want to uh, have something... Uh, in place that that they can see on day one, uh, you know, it's very much in their face. You know, I don't know. I, I may just reskin the website or something. You know, it's all about the pretty, as we like to say. Uh, you know, it may be something as simple as that, but uh, it's something that it, you know they're going to see. They'll know you're there. You know, making a difference, doing making changes and things, and uh, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be in the frame of mind of, uh, oh, good, our savior Sean is here. <laughs> And then, uh, then it can all go downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, uh, that that's what I'll be looking for. I'll, I'll be looking to establish, and we we've said that uh, before. So, right, okay. And the next thing on the list is inventory management. This is something that we're all bad at because it's no fun, and it's hard, and it's dry, and it doesn't feel productive. 
you feel like when you're you know inventorying and, and counting barcodes that you're just wasting time but it really is way more productive than you think you need to develop some sort of inventory management system uh, that could simply be like um, a field in your library database if you want you know your card catalog that's already there or you could have some uh, pre-designed uh, inventory system uh, there, there's all sorts of things you could do but do an excel spreadsheet do something Keep track of all your stuff. Identify it in some unique way. Uh, I like to use a barcode uh, barcode scanner. They're inexpensive, easy to print your own barcodes. Uh, uh, but and then you have to have a policy for enrolling new equipment. Every time something comes in, it's got to be enrolled in your system. You have to have a policy for that. And you have to have checklists. You have to make sure that gets done. And then, um, you know, that's for your existing stuff. You know, when you start out there, there's going to be some existing stuff. You got to figure out a way to get that in there. And then any new equipment that comes in, you got to enroll that. But here's the thing you got to track everything through the process. Every time something comes in for repair, note that, track it. Note what you did to it, and patterns will start to develop, and you'll start to see that this particular hardware set has a problem. This particular video card has a problem, and it's important that you do that. And then when something goes out, when it's retired, um, you have to make sure that you uh, note that as well, because you know at some point some uh, Freedom of Information Act uh, request might demand an inventory of everything that the school has bought and disposed of over the last ten years. They can do that. That's your money. It's their money that you're spending. Uh, so you have to be able to keep track of that, and that's something that none of us do well because it's so administrative and it's not the nuts and bolts stuff that we like to do. But it is something that you really have to get in place. Yeah. And uh, Mark, I mean, you already touched on this. This was a big one for me when I was out there with you uh, was that, you know, sometimes you would see those things. I mean, you just you knew that, uh, you know, there was a trend there. It was more almost from gut. But you're like, you know, I, I think I worked on this same problem with this, this same computer before. But if you didn't have a system to kind of tie it all together, uh, you were never really sure. And, uh, and that brought that all together. So, uh, you know, what adds to that too, is when you have an inventory management system, uh, generally, if it's not there, you're going to want to build in there, uh, some sort of a note, uh, system where you can attach notes to each, uh, individual piece of inventory. And, uh, it, it will save you time in the long run. So, uh, that time that you're spending on, uh, you know, just keeping your inventory up to date, maybe you don't recapture all of it, but you do recapture quite a bit of it because it does help you identify, uh, sometimes bigger problems a lot sooner. I have nothing to add to that. So I'll move on to the next thing. And that's, uh, uh, the procurer procurement and retirement policies. Uh, you need to know who's going to buy something, uh, who makes that decision? How long do you keep them? Where do they go? Uh, and I'll just give you a hint about the, the who makes the purchasing decisions. Hint, not principles. Um, there are lots of schools, and and it seems to be the larger the school, the, the bigger it goes. And that makes sense, right? Because uh, in a in a large school district, the principal may be in charge of thousands of computers himself. You know, uh, this this you know big high school that has you know thousands of students and thousands of computers. It makes sense that he'd want to control his own domain. But I really think it's important that all of those decisions be made centrally because only the tech department, only the tech director and, and his staff or her staff can see the big picture. 
And and I understand that you may have, you know, this school over here that is a massive district that has on its own, you know, a multi-million dollar budget and they don't want to hear from from the central office about what they should do. But it I, I really think um, that if you're going to do this and be effective, particularly if you're going to do it tightwad fashion, as is, which is what we're talking about, those decisions have to be made in a central location. There has to be one person and you say the buck stops here. I decide what you buy. You tell me what you need, and I'll try to meet your needs at ever uh, whenever possible. But I do think that you that the the tech director and his staff have to make that decision. It can't be. I mean, it, it creates such a mess when you have people uh, spread over here that this campus has this stuff, and this can and this campus over here they're Mac lovers, so they have lots of Macs and iPads. And this campus over here uh, they like Chromebooks, and so they have all these. And these people over here they're they're fond of Android tablets, and then they all come to you to be fixed. You know, and if they're going to be uh, uh, maintaining them, that's a different story. But they buy them, uh, make their own decisions that that may be not only not complementary to your overall plan, but actually detrimental to it. Uh, and and that's a, just a bad thing that you may have to wade through a lot of politics to make that happen. But I think it's an important thing. Yeah, and you know, a good way to accomplish that is again with policy. Uh, basically, uh, in making that happen, you really should have a policy in place that says, if tech did not sign off on, you know, and, and give uh, a blessing on that purchase, then tech will not support it. And usually, you have to run through that once or twice. You know, so you're going to have them go out and buy. Uh, uh, we have an instance of it where I'm at right now, where they went out, the the campus went out and purchased these uh, uh, Dell Duos. They're they're really actually kind of neat little flip top uh, sort of tablets. They're very similar to the uh, Asus Transformer, uh, but there were several problems with them when it came to working in in our environment, and uh, if you know, a proper sign-off had taken place, uh, those those devices probably would not have been purchased. Uh, but the campus now has all these devices that are not supported by their tech department. Um, and once a campus goes through that once or twice, they're, they're going to learn that. Uh, it kind of goes like uh, the same as imaging, you know. Uh, so you can put that policy in place. They're going to say, yeah, 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 whatever. And then when something goes wrong with it and you refuse to support it, uh, then they'll start to learn why it's important to, uh, you know, to c- consult with you. Right. And again, let me reiterate that these have to be official policies signed off on that have gone through the proper channels. It can't just be you deciding, I don't like iPads, I'm not going to work on them. It has to be um, it has to be uh, an official policy. Everything we're talking about here, and I, I just feel the need to to go back and say that because we're taking some hard stands, and it's easy to sound like we're being the network Nazi. But no, this is all about going through proper channels and making these the law of the land, and and accepting uh, the you know the consequences of that. Well, and it's so much easier when you when you are upfront about that, you address it. So you set the policy in place. And of course, all the key decision makers are going to be involved in setting that policy anyways. So the uh, in this instance, the principals are going to be aware of that policy as it's being developed and introduced. And you're going to say, well, here's why we have this policy, you know, because you might buy this software and it doesn't, it requires a server or something, or it requires something that our network doesn't support. And there's no way that you could know that. So it makes sense that you need to consult with us. And they're going to say, oh yeah, of course. Absolutely. Sounds like a great policy. Let's put that in place. 
now you have buy-in that you can refer back to when you have problems down the road. When they forget that and say, ooh, I want pretty. And then you remind them, oh, by yeah. the way, does this look like your signature on this document? I think it does. Right. And keep the emails. <laughs> <laughs> and then incumbent with that is, uh, or along with that, is not just purchasing, but uh, we've talked about before, you need to have a rotation plan of where something goes when it's finished its first life. You know, I, I, the way I look at technology, the tightwad way of looking at technology is it has three or four lives lives uh, within its total lifespan. So it has its primary purpose. You buy that uh, Core i7 uh, with 12 gigs of RAM, and that's your video editing machine. A few years later, it's not going to be able to keep up, but it sure will be a fine machine for just general classroom use. And then after a while, it's not going to keep up with that, but it'll be a fine library checkout station. And, and have your plan there. And if you're tracking and you're monitoring, if you buy high, uh, quality hardware, it's going to last that long. It's going to last seven, eight, ten years. So you need to have a plan in place that, you know, and of course, this is the sort of thing that deviates regularly. Needs change, uh, but you need to have that sort of thing documented that this this hardware set right here in the inventory system, this is its this life expectancy, and this is the, the trajectory we plan to go with it. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the, those needs change, and you adjust that. But I think it's important to have some sort of policy in writing with that that sort of stays in the file for every purchase the you know the digital file as it were um, and then finally where do they go when you retire them when they no longer fit your needs anywhere in your system where are they going to go and what are the policies for making sure the data is wiped making sure the licenses are recovered um, make you know the, some schools do auctions uh, uh where i've worked we, we've always uh, just sent them to the recycler uh with the stipulation that they physically destroy the drives they're they're not recycled they're not going to be reused they need to be destroyed so that uh, licensing isn't an issue and uh, sensitive data isn't an issue and we get a signed document that says that these will be shredded uh and then we will use the, the you know the components the scrap metal or whatever uh so you, you got to have some sort of policy uh in place and, and this can be a little more fluid, but it needs to be in place. You need to know the entire lifespan of that product uh, really before you buy it. it. It's funny. I mean, if you're really being a tightwad tech, I guess it's kind of like you said, you know, it's going to go to the recycler because you have truly uh, been a diligent tightwad and you have driven that thing into the ground and nobody else can possibly have any use for it other than for metals and <laughs> recyclable plastics and things like that. <laughs> if you've gotten there, you should be proud. Right. You know, worst case scenario, uh, keep some life in it and hand it off to the National Christina Foundation and let them do something useful with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, sometimes we we tend to forget that, you know, we our use and our demands of the technology we're using might be far greater than uh, you know, someplace else, you know. Someplace else may just, you know, need a machine that can run a basic browser and let people do internet searches, you know. Um and it, it certainly doesn't take very much uh, to do that nowadays. I mean, if that's all you needed, uh, you could certainly put a very lightweight version of Linux on something and right. run a browser and, uh, you know. So. I'm looking at right now buying some refurb units that are 24 months old already. 
I'm buying a five-year warranty on that. So they're going to be seven years old by the time the warranty runs out. And then I have a plan, you know, to keep them another at least seven or eight years in my district. So I plan for them to be a full decade after they rolled off the assembly line uh, before I finally get rid of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Basically, the the hard drives will come to a grinding halt. <laughs> <laughs> and it will not make financial sense to put a new hard drive in it. <laughs> it's so funny because that's exactly what happens. Most of the time, the hard drive physically fails, and that's finally we're like, okay, we'll get rid of it. We can't, we, we, we can't even store data on it. Okay, finally, we'll get rid of it. Right, right. <laughs> or, you know, a memory chip pops or something like that. But that's what it takes for us to just finally pull something entirely out of the system. Yeah, we're like, uh, all right, it's 10 years old. Motherboard gave out. Uh, okay, we'll let this one go. Well, no, you <laughs> you missed a step there. I've already looked on eBay and couldn't find a replacement motherboard. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, because we certainly have found those, too. It's like, oh, wait, hold on. There, this guy in Pakistan has these, <laughs> <laughs> these motherboards for really cheap. <laughs> I've done that. I've bought a full case of motherboards on more than one occasion. And then just we just kept them on the shelf and, and <laughs> rotated them in. Yep. Yep, right. Uh, that's well, the that's end of my good. notes, Sean. I don't have anything else. No, I think that's good. I think uh, at the very least, and maybe we haven't covered everything. I, you know, this is these are kind of afterthought items. Uh, but once you've taken care of all those those big ticket items, you know, you've you've really uh, taken care of all the big fires. Uh, this is just to give you an idea of some of the afterthought stuff that you need to at some point turn your attention to. And uh, Mark, they're also they're those types of items that you can literally, if you let it go, you can let it go years. And not do any of this stuff. Oh, gosh. I, I was at my current place a decade before I even tried to have an in, uh, inventory system. And then another three years before I actually got it right. Right, right. So, uh, you know, that that's us putting the bug in your ear and saying, you know, you, you need to get to this stuff. And if you're out there and you're somewhere in the middle of this entire process, uh, you know, try to turn your attention to this every chance you get. Now, this is a case of do as we say, not as we've done. <laughs> right. Well, we have. It just right. it took right. us a while to get to it, too. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I have no tip this week. I uh, didn't even bother to try to look for one. How about you? Uh, and I'm the same. But, you know, I think that kind of gets at the heart of uh, what we started the show off with is uh, we've had a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I could probably jump out there in, in 30 or 30 or 60 seconds, you know, come up with some something. But uh, I don't like to do that. I like to uh, I generally uh, search around for a little while and find something uh, either that somebody's suggested to me or, you know, something that I've had a good chance to take a look at something. So I would hope that my teacher tips, uh, you know, come across as decent ones. So I guess there's nothing more to say, but uh, uh farewell uh no so long no see you later that's the way to put it uh we, we're going yeah, to be back we're not saying goodbye uh we're just saying pause you know pause three seconds for station identification we're we'll be back uh but we we just can't tell you when that'll be right now 
Right, and uh, it's a. This is a perfect time to say. Uh, Obviously, if you use some pod trapping device, if you, uh, you know, uh, iPod or uh, your phone or whatever your device may be, then we're just going to magically appear there if you, uh, if you have our feed, if you subscribe to our feed. But if you don't, now more than ever, you need to make sure that you are in touch with all of the many ways that you can get a hold of us. Right, Mark? Absolutely. And, uh, also, it's important that while we're gone, you need to keep sending us stuff. I, I would love to come back at the, uh, you know, the, the beginning or middle of August and have 15, uh, months worth of show notes because you guys were just asking questions and sending links. And I mean, uh, this guy asked us one question. We got four episodes out of it. So, uh, you know, that's awesome. We love that sort of stuff. So keep those things coming. And the way to do that is go to elementop.com, uh, use the contact us button, uh, at the top of the page or use the, uh, leave us a voicemail widget at the top of the page, uh, and contact us. Let us know what's going on. Ask us questions. Uh, check in on us. Make sure we haven't died. That's okay. Uh, and and we do respond to emails, and 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 we've got the forum post out there. Uh, hop in the forums and and continue the conversation. Just because we're not here doesn't mean that the the community isn't still alive. And so you can still pop in there and you can make comments and ask questions. And we will be checking that. You know, there's a big difference between uh, answering an email in our forum post and putting together a whole show. So we're not going away. We're still going to be active in the community. Um, we just, we're not going to be able to put together shows as regularly as we have been. So please, uh, go there, elementop.com, make your uh, presence known. Uh, let us know if somebody cares. It would sure be a shame <laughs> to go, you know, three or four or five weeks and nobody notice. Oh, you guys weren't on the air. I didn't even know. Uh, don't do that. So, uh, also you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can reach us there and I, I do follow those feeds. I do pay attention to them. Uh, and I do respond to them. So just everywhere Elemanopi is, we will be just not behind the mic for a little while. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be bittersweet too. Cause <laughs> I one just uh, not having to to rush you know rush home and get the kids ready for bed and everything and then get behind the mic on Monday nights I won't know what to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that'll be nice. But uh, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna m miss being behind the mic and uh, interacting with the chat room. Uh, it's always uh, it's it's always a load of fun when we actually get started. So. Uh, I'll look forward to coming back soon. I'm just waiting for the magic words, Sean. This is a great show, Mark. Thank you. I appreciate the accolades there. And, uh, having received Sean's blessing, that's sort of like, uh, the, uh, the blessing of the Pope there. Pope Sean Kybel has blessed the show. Wow. <laughs> sacrilege. Let's, let's go out with yes. sacrilege. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Sounds good. If you, if you, if you yeah. don't hear me for a while, it's because lightning struck the pod pod and I <laughs> have been fried. <laughs> and so before I get into any other trouble, I'm simply going to say, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.